0: The Girl Camper Podcast is sponsored by Liberty Outdoors, innovative makers of high-quality, lightweight, towable trailers for every stage of the RVer's life. And Camco Manufacturing. For over 50 years, this company has been making products for outdoor enthusiasts. Whether you are RVing, boating, camping, towing, tailgating, or grilling, Camco Manufacturers has products to help you enjoy your time off. We are also sponsored by our consortium of girl camper-friendly RV dealerships, Bankston Motorhomes with five locations in Alabama and Tennessee, Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, and Tom's Camperland with three locations in Phoenix, Arizona. Service, integrity, and committed staffers are some of the hallmarks of these reputable dealerships. To visit any of our sponsors, go to GirlCamper.com and follow the links on our homepage. Hello, my name is Janine Pettit and I'm a Girl Camper. I go places and I do things in my Liberty Outdoors lightweight towable trailers. Along the way, I meet many interesting people traveling the back roads, and I want to share their stories with you. We will talk about the qualities of what makes a girl camper, and how you can be a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party, and you're invited. Stay tuned while I share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. Welcome, I'm Janine Pettit. Girl Camping ambassador, blogger, adventurist, and podcaster, and this is episode 154 of Girl Camper, the podcast. On today's show, I am looking ahead and behind. I'm closing out the 2018 season with a few achievements and milestones, plus the moments I'm taking away with me from this past year. I'm also looking ahead to 2019 and setting some goals as well as strategies for how I am going to make them happen. I'm signing off on 2018 and ringing in 2019. Stay tuned. <music> For our news roundup, I'm dishing about my big red campfire. I am done camping for the season, and all that stuff came out of the back of my truck and made its way to the she shed, except for my big red campfire. I took big red straight to my back porch. I enjoy using my porch as much as I can in the winter. Even when it's like 45 degrees, I just want to get out there and sit outside for a while. And I love being able to turn on my big red just when I have 20 minutes to sit out there. I've got the chiminea out there. It's about to become a flower pot because it's just a hassle. When I only have 20 minutes, I love to be able to just turn that thing on and use it and then come back in the house without feeling like I'm just through on a bunch of logs that I paid for and I'm wasting them. So if you have a big red fire pit, think about taking it out for the um, winter because I am telling you what you spend on propane doesn't compare to what a big pile of wood is going to cost you outside all winter long. So get that big red campfire out there. And if you're using it, Tag me. I want to see other people's big reds on their back porch. I want to see those things going all winter long. Now on to that news roundup. So I'm going to give you a little update on our raffle. For those who don't know, maybe someone's listening to the show for the very first time, Liberty Outdoors donated the little Mini Max trailer that I've been tooling around um, the United States in all summer long, and they donated it to the Hold You Foundation. You can buy these tickets for $10 each right up until Valentine's Day when we're going to pick our winner. Our goal is $50,000, and I know that seems big, but you know what? This is a big, generous community, and I think we're going to hit it, especially because our cause is so sincere. The Whole Jew Foundation does such great things. This afternoon, we hit the $21,000 mark, so we are almost halfway to our goal, and we're only about three weeks into our like 10-week raffle, so I'm confident. I'm confident. We're giving it kind of a little break right now because people are just enjoying the holidays and their friends and, you know... In January, when everybody's sitting around and they want to talk shop and want to talk about, um, you know, camping again, then we'll bring it out there again and we'll give it another push. Because I think sometimes people like saw that, oh, I meant to buy this, put it aside and then forgot about it. So we're just going to keep putting that out there until we get it done. Now that our 12 days of Christmas is over, I pinned it back to the top of the Girl Camper podcast page, and it also is a pop-up on girlcamper.com. So if you haven't seen it yet, you can go to girlcamper.com. Just sit there for a second, and the pop-up is going to come. And the pop-up's only going to come one time. So <laughs> it just going to show you once. If you X out, it's not going to beat you over the head. But it is on the Girl Camper podcast Facebook page pinned to the top, and it's on girlcamper.com too. Now, in other news, we did get a great kickoff to our Wonderful Women in Waxahachie event. I am so pleased with the reaction to the educational component that we added this year. So many people were so grateful to have the opportunity not only to camp like a girl and to learn about camping, but to learn about RVs and learn from our guest hosts and guest speakers at the same time. So it's really thrilling to have this component. We do have a couple of girl campers coming from quite the distance. We have someone who is flying in from California and she is renting a motorhome from a dealer in Dallas which is an option I should have spoken about. There are several ways to do that. You can do it through an agency, just you know, like Cruise America or El Monte or any of the agencies that rent them, or you can do them through an exchange like Outdoorsy, where a private owner will rent you their RV. So I'm going to put all of the options in a uh, show notes at the bottom of this blog, so you can go on there and check that out. That's something some of you might consider. If you're going to fly in, you might do that. Or if you live locally, but you don't have an RV yet, but you want that experience, you want to take part in this event with the girls up on the blacktop in the motorhome, That is certainly an option for you. So if you're considering this, but don't think you know enough about how to operate one, I don't want you to worry about that. There are going to be plenty of hands on deck to help you with any questions you might have. So just get yourself there. Just drive it there. And if you run into a snag, somebody there is going to help you with it. So another big hit was our expanded Camper College at this event. We have a separate link up for that right now. And you can find that one at girlcamper.com under appropriately Camper College. So that's a toolbar up top. Just click on that and it's going to give you all of the details and it is going to show you where you can sign up. So I'm so looking forward to this event. I know anticipation is half the fun of these things, but I really, it can't be April soon enough for me. I'm so looking forward to this, and I thank everybody who signed up. Now, before we head over and start talking about saying goodbye to 2018, and telling you all the fun stuff we have in store for 2019, I want to tell you about something that is coming up at Bankston Motorhomes. You know, Bankston's has five locations. So they have three in the Birmingham area, and they have two in Tennessee, and they really do do the RV show season. They've got three shows coming up, and I want to share those dates with you. If you're in the Nashville area, they are participating in the Nashville RV show, and that is just... January 25th through 27th. If you're in the Huntsville, Alabama area, that show is taking place the weekend of February 15th through 17th. So get your Valentine and go ahead over there. If you're in the Birmingham, Alabama area, that show, a third one in a row, the Bankston's people are going to be exhausted because they always go the extra mile. They do so much. The Birmingham, Alabama show is taking place February 22nd through 24th. That is just a fabulous time to get a great deal on an RV. And I, let me tell you something. At Bangston's, they're priced to sell. In real estate, when I was in real estate, we had a saying, you can price it to own it or you can price it to sell it. They are pricing to sell it. They are getting space on the floor for their 2019 models that are going to start coming in. The greatest thing about Bangston is it doesn't matter what kind of RVer you are because they have absolutely something for everybody. They sell all the motorhomes. That's what they were originally known for, Bankston Motorhomes. So they've got the Class A's, the B's, and the C's. They've got travel trailers. They've got the fifth wheels. And they've got those tiny little teardrops for girl campers and other people who want to keep it light. There's something for every style and every budget. So get yourself over to girlcamper.com. Just click on Bangston's from my page. I think it's a little easier. And get yourself over to that show. Have some winter fun. We're going to be back in a minute and we're going to be talking about the highlights from my 2017 camping season. <music> back everybody you know what I was looking at my own personal stats um, I keep track of these things not as accurately as I always should but you know at the end of the year I sit down and I look at you know how far did I drive and how many nights was I on the road in 2016 I drove about 10,000 miles and I slept in my camper about 60 nights well in 2017 I I had about a 30% increase in my um, travel here. I did over 15,000 miles, 15.5 thousand miles this year, and over 98 nights in my RV. Well, you saw my Minimax so was very easy to do. So, wow, that was a lot. I, I got to tell you that I was a little surprised myself when I heard that 98 number. I asked my husband to take a guess, and he guessed 60. <laughs> I'm not insulted by that, but I did think it was kind of funny that he thought I was only gone 60 nights and didn't notice that I was gone an extra 40. <laughs> so it has been my biggest RV year to date, and there were a few new things for me this year bucket list, hashtag goal things, and I want to share those things with you. The number one thing that I accomplished this year that was kind of new for me was the whole idea of boondocking. This has been a goal of mine to get back to the kind of camping I did as a kid. Okay, it wasn't really what I did as a kid (laughs) because as a kid we were in a lumpy mattress uh, sleeping bag on a lumpy floor of a cold tent. So boondocking in the Minimax is not exactly the kind of camping I did as a kid, but it's as close as I'm going to get to it. I'm not going all the way back to those days. Having a great trailer with heat and hot water is still (laughs) a lot better than all of that. But I had so much fun trying to figure it all out, trying to learn how to conserve resources, to not have everything at the flick of a switch. And you know what? Sometimes I was cold. Sometimes I was hot. It wasn't perfect at every moment. And that was okay. Because in exchange for those things, I was able to do things at 11,000 feet on the largest mesa in the US, counting shooting stars at night. You couldn't do that. Um, There's no hookups up there. I mean, this was a bare bones kind of campground. And I loved being there. And I didn't give up anything in order to have that experience, anything that I would miss anyhow. I was also in Rocky Mountain National Park, 100 feet from a herd of bugling elk. We we pulled down this road and we got out there and we stood at a safe distance. And then the whole herd just shifted and, and we were kind of like Should we move? Should we not? We were kind of up on some rocks, so I didn't think we were in any danger, but they came so close to us. And that was right at Moraine Campground at Rocky Mountain National Park. No hookups, boondocking there. I loved the whole idea that my husband and I got to play this little boondocking game. We talked about it in an episode. It was kind of a little couple bonding thing. It was just really fun. Trying to figure out the whole water thing and just being like inconvenient a little, you know, and that's where it was like when I was a kid. Um, they did have showers there. Um, I preferred to use the camper instead. My husband used those showers, but just figuring this whole thing out, like um boiling my water on the stove, transferring it to my shower bag, taking my shower bag into the shower, <laughs> trying not to um, use too much water because I didn't want to fill up my tank. You know, the whole thing was really, really fun. The the boondocking, the game of conservation, the places we got to camp in where we didn't have hookups, in that old school kind of camping. And i really, really happy that I finally got to really experience boondocking, to work off my soul, or to conserve things. It was just a whole lot of fun. Did a lot of boondocking in Texas too, but the big boondocking was really out there in Colorado. We were there, oh gosh, I, I think we only had hookups one night of the close to 18 nights we camped out there. So that was that was just a whole lot of fun. The other thing that I wanted to do this year, it was kind of an issue with me in 2016 was to make my stays at the places I was going longer. The whole um, of 2017 felt to me, or 2016 rather, like it was just a hop, skip, and a jump from one campground to the other. The whole effort to get myself out to Yellowstone felt like such a rush the year before. One night, two nights sometimes, but never really feeling like relaxed I think on that Yellowstone trip, the longest we were ever in one single campground was um, when we were in Yellowstone. We were in that one campground for four or five nights. But you know how you're trying to pack in so much when you've made it to one of these bucket list destinations? So in 2018, I really vowed to stay put. On the Mesa up in western Colorado, we were in one campsite for six nights, which gave us such a nice mix of just enjoying our lakefront site. We had a beautiful campsite right on the lake. I had inflated my um, scout inflatable boat, or taking the nieces and nephews out. We'd go out in the morning and do something, come back in the afternoon, have a little lunch, bring my chair down to the water, watch the kids fish, take a little nap, it was so relaxing to not be able to not have to think about, oh well, I only have another day and a half here, so I better get out there and make this hike or do this thing or get down that road where this, you know, famous thing is. So I, I just really enjoyed that. When we left there and we went over to our site at Rocky Mountain National Park you can only stay in one site at Rocky Mountain for seven nights, but we got there a day early and we did have to move our site. We They gave us a spot for one night. So we were there. We didn't even unhook or anything. And then we moved over to our um, reserve site and we were at that site for seven days. Oh, it was just really lovely to Just be able to take in that park and do the same thing. Come back in the afternoon, have a little lunch, go back out later and not be thinking, okay, I've got to rush, rush, rush and get all these things done that you're supposed to do when you're at this famous park because we only have four days here. So having eight days at that park, it really felt more vacation-like and I really enjoyed um, getting in these longer stays and I'm really hoping to do more of that in 2019 I just want to do more of it a little closer to home. I don't want to drive thousands and thousands of miles to get where I'm going next year, but I enjoyed these longer stays so much. Now, the third thing that was really bucket list for me was the whole idea of solo woman travel. Now, hear me out on this one because I know there are a lot of people who follow me and they think I'm a solo woman traveler because... I travel solo by myself. I don't travel with a spouse. But here's the difference. A lot of times when I'm going on the road, I am driving a day or maybe two days to get to my destination where I meet up with my tribe. And then I'm not alone anymore. And I may stay there for four or five days and then spend two days on the road by myself getting back to where I'm going back home. And that's not what I wanted to do. It was my goal to just go for weeks and weeks at a time and have no real itinerary. And I did accomplish that this year when I took my five-week big trip to Texas Now, I did have some scheduled events there. I had the wonderful Women of Waxahachie, and I had our fun trip with the sweet junk gypsies down in Round Top, but that only accounted for eight days of the 40 days I was on that road trip. The rest of that time, I just got to wander around Texas by myself, boondocking and camping by myself in a campground, pulling up and going, I'm going to stay here. I was at the Lady Bird Johnson campground all by myself. I met people there. I did things. I I had no real agenda there. I went in. I did the back roads um, around Fredericksburg. I went into Fredericksburg. I did all the fun touristy things there. Went to the museums and I went all by myself. (laughs) I wasn't meeting any girlfriends. And I really, really, really enjoyed that. I also got to do something else. I got to do some driveway camping. So we have this saying about sisters on the curb or, you know, mooch docking. I got to do some mooch docking and I stayed in the driveway of my friend Carol's house in Luling, Texas for three or four days. And that was a lot of fun to be able to visit someone that I knew online and had never really met in person. And Carol was so hospitable. And that is where I met our new friend of the show, Karen Peterson, who came on and talked all about class B camping. That was so much fun. By the time I got home from that trip, I really did feel like a real solo woman traveler. So more of that, please. i like to do more of that. And I don't want anyone who is going off for a three-hour drive by themselves and meeting um, girlfriends to not think that they're a solo woman traveler. I want to make sure people understand this distinction. This has been an evolution for me. I am on an arc to get to this. I was so darn proud of myself 12 years ago when I took my camper, you know, just three hours away by myself. I felt like, you know, Awesome. But I have been camping for 12 years now. So it has just been a goal of mine to just kind of be free and wander. And I loved Texas in the spring. The Blue Bonnet Trail, Fredericksburg, Hill Country. It was all just wonderful to just look at a map and go, I think I'll go here. And that was the goal. And I got to do that. So those were some fun bucket list things that I checked off my list in 2018. Now, there were a few great moments in 2018 because you know that saying, life is not made of, um, uh, how does this go? It's not the moments that take our breath away, but the, okay, now I can't remember it. You know what I mean, okay? So life is made up of moments and it's not big sweeping things sometimes. It's just the small things that really matter. And so I thought about this, and I thought, what were my moments? What am I taking away from this year? And I have to say, my number one thing of this whole year would have to be not a moment, but court, sort of an event but moments within an event. I took the mother-daughter road trip with my youngest daughter and she's getting ready to fly the coop. She's getting ready to graduate in the spring and she's going to have a job and then she's going to fly the nest and she, let me tell you, she's dying too. And that's okay because, you know, like as a parent, when you do your thing and they go off, then, then you're happy. I'm going to miss her like crazy and I wanted this trip with her. I just wanted to make these memories with her because once she has that job, She's not going to have, you know, weeks that she can take off work and do things with mommy. So one of the fun things about that trip was just the age thing. So, you know, she's a millennial, right? And I, when I think back on that trip, I just have to laugh when I think of my daughter in our Instagram stories and my daughter sitting on the side uh, passenger seat there, continually texting her friends and making these little snapshots, Snapchats where she would imitate her mother and tell her friends, oh my gosh, look at that cloud. So she kept... Making fun of me the whole time on Snapchat. It was just really adorable. And all of her friends were texting her to say, Have you seen any good barns lately? Have you seen any good clouds lately? I had so much fun and making those little videos with her, which I saved on Instagram stories. I just had to save them because they're just so adorable. So, you know, that whole thing of just being with her and standing out and looking at the stars and, um, and even the poignant moment of having to put her on the plane in Denver and watch her fly away. And, um, We couldn't follow her down and show her exactly where to go. We just had to let her go. My husband was hanging over the railing, shouting at her, telling her what line to get it. And I'm like, you know what? Back off. (laughs) This is one of those moments where she's going to figure it out. And they do. And so that was kind of a good moment for me in 2018. Now, another moment for the books for me was waking up on the Grand Mesa at a ten thousand five hundred and sixty five feet or I'm rounding it up to eleven thousand, but it's up there, right? Woke up at like three o'clock in the morning, just woke up for no reason at all, looked out that big window on my Max trailer, and all I could see were stars and I knew it was the Milky Way. I had to jump up, put my boots on, grab a flashlight, I had my down coat on, zip it up, get up, get out there, pitch pitch black outside pitch black outside there's no ambient light of any kind not even coming off people's tents or trailers nothing out there got my little flashlight which was lucky i had it because there was all kinds of landmines there it was a weird campground but they had a lot of railroad ties that you had to constantly be careful of but anyway I got myself over to my big, fluffy butterfly chair, and I moved it out into an opening in the trees where I could just look up and literally look at billions of billions of stars. I sat in that chair; it was like forty degrees outside. I could see my breath coming, and i'm it's you know you're just all alone in the world in this incredible vastness, and i I think it's something about how high you up the elevation was so high but the stars seem so close to you. It seemed like they're at arm's length away. It was absolutely beautiful. And I, I just sat there kind of taking it in and thinking about how writers might describe something like that. Everybody says over and over, there were billions and billions of stars. And I just thought, you know what? I'm not even going to try to put this in words. I'm just going to try to like remember this feeling that I'm having right now, sitting here, feeling like looking at that sky and thinking about, um, God's greatness and my smallness and just how, just incredibly, um, Vast and beautiful our world is, and you know I I say it all the time, and I can't help it when I'm in one of these parks and I'm looking at that. I was sitting in my campsite that cost eleven dollars a night, and it's one of the things that makes this country incredible—eleven dollars a night. And if you were there in your used pup tent that you bought for twenty bucks at a garage sale, you are seeing that same beautiful scene, and I just loved that that is available to anybody it's not exclusive in any way and that's what i love about our national park so that was a real moment for me another moment was also on that colorado trip (laughs) that colorado trip was it was big um Driving out of Rocky Mountain National Park on the morning we left. Now, everybody who listens to this show regularly, you know, my husband had hit the wall by then. He was done. He wanted to get home. And we we were in a rush to get to Aunt Betty and Uncle Bob's. We didn't want to miss Betty and Bob on our way home. So we had a tight schedule. We had to stick to it. We had to do a lot of driving in order to reach our goal of Southern Indiana in two days. So We left really early in the morning, and he had been studying the map. And of course, we get outside of town, right? And there's a fork in the road, and we went the wrong way. And we're driving for about five or six miles before we realize we went the wrong way. And we are on a road that is literally carved out of the side of the mountain. There is a guardrail there, and it is sheer drop-off down, and it is just this incredibly beautiful valley. But it's raining, drizzling, the clouds are starting to break up, the sun is starting to come out, and as we wound around this beautiful road, every little sparkle of dew and moisture looked like a twinkling diamond, the sky was blue and it was gray and it was purple and it was pink and it was it was just absolutely stunning and they would come to a spot on this mountain road where they couldn't get through the rock so they just carved an archway through it and the car would have to go through these archways and i mean i was just flabbergasted like we had made the luckiest mistake in the world of course my husband was like Look at the map. Look at the map. Tell us if we should turn around. And I was like, I'm not looking at this map. I'm looking at this. I'm not losing this moment looking at maps. This took us 30 miles out of our way, but it was absolutely stunning. It took me about 20 miles into the 40 mile detour to convince my husband to stop begrudging the fact that we made a mistake that probably cost us an hour because you're only going 30 or 40 miles an hour. And to just be the kind of person who can be in the moment and take these things in, it's so contrary to his nature. But he finally did accept it. And that was just the most spectacular, beautiful drive. And just one of those things like kind of like going to the sun road. You're just never going to forget that one. Absolutely stunning. So those were some of the highlights of this year. Now, you know, on this show, we always want to keep it real. So there were some lowlights in the year. And I want to tell you what two of them were. I'm, I'm happy to report there were no accidents, no, you know, no really bad things happened to us. But there were two things that you know, I could have done without. They weren't exactly Frankie and Annette at the beach party kind of things. Um, The first one was, and with all travel comes downside. So I don't want anyone to take this as a complaint, but it was just one of the things I could have done without. And that was my trip to the emergency room when I was up in Michigan. I had gone up there for the uh, tear stock event. And when I say up there, upper PI right at Mackinac City Bridge. And, um, you know, I ended up having to go to urgent care in Mackinac City. So that's how I ended up in the upper, upper PI because I had to cross the bridge and go to a doctor one mile from the Canadian border. And I just had a stubborn cold that I couldn't get rid of. And it just suddenly got worse when I got there. And that's where the doctor told me that I didn't have a cold at all, but I had pneumonia, and I came home, and I had this big pile of medicine and antibiotics and nebulizers and inhalers, and I had to go buy one of those machines. And, oh, my gosh, I was so pumped up on steroids. And it's the first time... I ever really, really got sick on the road. I mean, I was really, really sick. I had a fever. I had chills. I had all this medicine going in me. The medicine wired you. Couldn't sleep at all, except when I went to drive home. Then, suddenly, I had been awake around the clock for like four days. Now, I couldn't fall asleep. So, That was my first real experience of being seriously sick on the road. And the three days it took me to drive home, honestly, it felt like three weeks. It was not a highlight of my trip. And I want to tell you, um, Pure Michigan, I want a do-over because that state was so beautiful. And there is nothing prettier than Michigan in July I grew up in Illinois, and we spent so many summer vacations at the Michigan Dunes and in Michigan. I haven't been to Michigan for so many years, so do over from Michigan. That was so pretty. The other thing I want to tell you about and has to do with solo women travel was on my return trip for Texas. So it was the first time I had ever been away a really long time like that. Five weeks, A, was the longest time I have ever been away from my husband in the whole time we were married we've been married. I, I was never once I think I left him for three weeks. Um And when I did Yellowstone last year, he flew out. And the idea was that he was, at some point, going to come to Texas and meet me and stay for like 10 days and go home. But he had all kinds of issues at work, and it just didn't happen. So it was the longest I was ever away from him. And by the time I was in North Carolina and I was coming home, I I was so done. I was done with solo driving. I was done with podcasts. I was done with books on tape. If I heard one more song that was already on my playlist, my head was going to pop off. I absolutely just wanted my home, my husband, my bed so badly, but I was still, you know, six or 700 miles from home. And those last three days of driving on that trip were excruciating. (laughs) So, you know, I, I I was under the gun, too. Like, I had to be home at a certain time for my big appearance on our Fox & Friends show in New York City. So I just had no room for error. I just had to, you know, keep winding myself up and getting it done, and uh, it was not my favorite part. So that's, you know, if that's the worst that happens to you when you're on a trip, that's all good. It's all good. RV travel for me, it just continues to be this just incredible grand opportunity to see this beautiful country, to meet new friends, to see those most talked about sites that everybody is always sharing on Instagram and social media. You know, the Texas Blue Bonnet Trail in the spring, I mean, that's just bucket list kind of stuff. But when I look back on it, it's not that big stuff. It's those little things. It's those side roads. It's those small towns in Alabama when I was coming home. I love that part of RV travel. And I love going through these towns that are never going to be on anybody's top 10 lists. For, for me, I drive through them and I stop at them and I go into a store. And I love that people like me people who with kids and parents and concerns that's their town this is their home this is how they live and 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 it is really really true that travel broadens your horizons it expands your heart for other people it helps you to be part of the solution in our world and not part of the problem so it was a great year and um I'm sorry to see it go behind me, but you know, I'm a person who always looks forward. I am that Pollyanna. I'm always, the glasses half full, and I'm always on to the next thing. So I'm going to be back in a minute, and I am going to talk about 2019, what's in store for me and the podcast, and I'm going to be revealing our 2019 theme. Every year, I have picked a theme for the show, and a lot of gut-wrenching, gut-wrenching, wrenching thought went into this. So stay tuned to see what it is. I'll be right back. everyone. You know, it's the time of the year where a lot of people spend a lot of time reminiscing and nostalgia is high, but this year, more than others, I'm so excited about the year coming up. I have a lot of fun things planned and a lot of cool things for the podcast, and I can't wait to tell you all about them. Every year, I choose a theme for the show. So I was thinking about this today. Our inaugural year, which was 2016, we talked a lot about the obstacles to becoming a girl camper, all of the fears, that lack of knowledge. You know, we talked about some of the misconceptions, and we really worked hard at dispelling um, the assumptions that people make that when they look at this movement, that this movement must be made up of all these outdoorsy women who own a trailer. They already know people who are doing it. And you got to be one of those people if you want to get into the circle. So we went step by step through some of the most common objections, and we broke it all down with just reason and practical wisdom. And we took a look at all those who are already doing it. We got some wisdom from those people. In 2017, our theme was becoming a girl camper. Now, hopefully from the 2016 shows, we were able to convince you that girl camping is not for the special people. It's not for athletic, gutsy, lifelong campers with a wanderlust gene, but also for the women out there who maybe don't have a built-in tribe. Maybe they don't have a support system cheering them on. I hope we convinced you in that first year that there really is no wrong way to camp like a girl, and that really, the most important thing you need to be a girl camper, I always say it, a willing spirit. And where there is a will, there is a way. Becoming a girl camper in 2017 was all about practical and tactical approaches, the how-tos. We did a lot of work with some of our top industry experts like Mark Polk and Walter Cannon. We really dug into some topics that we hoped would put people at ease. We covered the practical aspects of towing, of weight distribution hitches, of tow vehicles. We talked a lot about GVWR, gross vehicle weight ratings, like we learned what those things were. We even talked about vehicle breakdowns and how to manage emergencies. And while we were exploring all of those things, we got to meet a lot of girl campers along the way, people who were out there doing it. I don't know if you remember all the way back there to our interviews with photographers, Mary Grace McKernan, a photographer for REI, and our friend Dawn Wilson, who chucked it all and bought a Class A and brings us the most beautiful pictures on Instagram and through her work of Rocky Mountain National Park in Alaska, beautiful, beautiful things, we also learned a lot from other girl campers, from our friend Holly Burrows, who is a personal safety expert. She spoke to us a lot about what we could do out in the road to keep ourselves safe. We met girl camper Charlotte Brown and first-timer Laureen Vinicombe. And, of course, everybody's favorite, we talked twice now to my very favorite, ageless Aunt Sue. So we really used 2017... Um, and talked a lot about becoming a girl camper. Now, in 2018, our theme was finding the right trailer for you. So we reimagined the toy hauler. We explored class Bs, A's, and C's, as well as the teardrops, all the while meeting more girl campers. One of my favorites was my little friend, Doris Manor, that I met in that Lady Bird Johnson RV park down in Fredericksburg, all by herself, Doris, eighty-something years old, traveling around in her class C, towing a car behind her. I mean, sh- this woman had it all together. She used to be an airline pilot. Doris was spectacular. It was great having her on the show. We talk with Sharon Sigmund, who talked about how to throw a good party. Karen Peterson and her class B motorhome, and how she's she's defining her life now on her own terms. It was great having Vicky Hill on the show and learning so much about car camping and all of the ways in which she keeps it simple when she's out there. There were so many others, and we really got an opportunity to be informed and inspired by them. And I love knowing people like Deborah Loomis, who had absolutely everything go wrong on her maiden voyage she had a window break out in the front of her um, camper. (laughs) A rock hit her window. Her trailer fell off the hitch. She had everything go wrong. And that woman hitched up the next weekend and did it again. Oh, God bless her. I love knowing women like that. She put her big girl panties on and she did it again. And it was just a great year. So I spent a lot of time thinking about 2019 and how we can continue here at the show. How can we continue to inform and inspire our community? I really looked hard at those those women I know. So for me, more than you guys, there are people who have been writing me since the very beginning of the show. You know, someday, someday I'm going to do this. And I ask myself when I look at them, what could I convey to them that we haven't already covered? What can I tell you about how you can make this leap? And then I have to ask myself why. Why aren't they there? I mean, obviously, if someone just isn't retired yet, can't afford it, they're waiting for that and they're planning, it's a different thing. I'm talking about women with the resources and the time who have not been able to make that leap. And I'm asking myself, what is it that stalls them? What is it that stalls me? What is it that stalls you? Because for them, it may be about not being able to get this camping thing off the ground. But for everybody out there, it's something else. There is something that is holding us back from things that we want to do. So once we've been given information and we have all of the practical things, what? Is it that is stopping us from doing these things? So, if it's not something obvious, it's usually something more insidious. And when I think about that in a big way, I have to say to myself it is often about a core belief that tells us that we are not good enough, that what we desire is out of our reach. It's a lie that we bought into a long time ago, and we just believed it. We believed it without ever challenging it. And it is a lie that is stopping us from camping like a girl, from writing that book, from taking that trip, from losing that weight, from getting a handle on the clutter to getting a handle on the bank accounts. It's a big lie, and it's stopping us from doing things so. If what I'm telling you now is resonating with you, you are in the majority. This is a big lie. Everyone else gets it and you don't. That's the lie. Everybody gets it. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not smart enough. I'm not everything. You tell yourself that you're not enough. So... Since this is the time of year where everybody is making these New Year's resolutions and they're resolving to fix things that are broken in them, to resolve things, to get that weight off, to balance that checkbook, to do these things that you want to do, and we make these resolutions. And then often by the end of January, we feel completely defeated. We have fallen into old patterns and we're buying into that lie again. And here's why. I think there's a couple of reasons. But one of them is, it's a pattern we're familiar with. And there's comfort in treading a path that we know. We're in our comfort zone. Who doesn't want to be in your comfort zone? (laughs) We're in our comfort zone. And if we're going to change, we have to get out of our comfort zone. Change is uncomfortable. But here's the good news. It's only uncomfortable for a while. After we make the change, that is our new comfort zone. That's how we want to live. One of the other reasons I think this happens is because when we hit a snag, we don't know what to do, so we quit. There's no plan in place, and no one makes any permanent change without overcoming obstacles and changing themselves. If we want to change, we're going to have to do things that we never did before, and we're going to have to stick with them. So it doesn't matter what the change you want to make is. Get a handle on your health, lower your cholesterol, drop some weight, whatever. Whatever it is that you want to do. I want to take some time this year in this show to talk about change, to talk about transforming. So in January, I am kicking off our 2019 year with the theme, Transforming in 2019. So, we're going to be exploring some themes that are related to transforming, themes that are common to most people. So, during our January mini shows, I am going to introduce you to my own nephew, Bob Thompson. My nephew, Bob, is a transformation expert. Did you even know transformation experts existed? I am so proud of this man. You know, obviously I've known him since birth and I have watched his own evolution and I have watched him change himself. I have watched him set goals. I watched him graduate from college like every other person who has a health and physiology degree. I watched him go out there and become a personal trainer and then say, you know what? I love this but I want to do it on a higher level. And I'm going to open my own gym. And he opened his own gym. And then he opened a second gym. And then he opened a third gym. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to start learning. And he started taking classes all over the place and learning what stops people from succeeding and what he needs to do to succeed at a higher level. And so now here he is four years after graduating from college and opening his um, first gym. And he is franchised his gyms, he is an entrepreneur, he is his own line of healthcare products and supplements, and every week he's Instagramming from, you know, some just incredible... Um, program that he goes to in Spain or Oslo, or he's all over the world learning, learning, learning. And he and I often talk about transforming. We talk about building our brands. We talk about growing businesses. But he gives me, I I read his Instagrams every day, and he gives me so much information about um, transforming, not just for him, it's his physical health. And um when he opened a gym, he didn't open a gym for bodybuilders. He said, you know what, I want to help people gain their health. So I want to help people get healthy again. So it's not about muscles or how much weight you're pushing. It's about health and transforming. And in in order to do that, you have to change your mindset. So This is what we're going to do. I'm tapping into this guy because he has so much information to share with us. And we're going to talk about these five principles of transformation in our five little mini shows in January. We're going to talk about number one, the mind game. So we're going to be talking about how we have to change our mindset if we want to change. The first part of transformation is changing the way we think, accepting that in order to change, we must do things we've never done before. So how do you get in that head game? How do you break that cycle of failure? Bob is going to come and he's going to share some of the tools that he uses with his clients because it's all the same. It doesn't matter if health and fitness is your goal or finance and decluttering is your goal. It all begins with attitudes. So January 1st, our first little show, The Mind Game. January 8th, next one up, identifying the stumbling blocks. So I think for each person, your stumbling blocks are going to be different. Um, there's going to be people Who grew up in a household in which they were never encouraged, or in fact, they were told that they were terrible at things, and they may still live in that space in their head. They still may believe a childhood mindset without even questioning it. Now, for some other people, it might be the cumulative effects of many failed attempts. That can really play on your mind. But maybe you failed because you didn't have the right tools. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how you can identify um, what your stumbling blocks are, and Bob is going to offer some ways for overcoming those things. That's episode number two on January 8th on January 15th, we're going to be talking about creating an action plan. You know what they say, make a plan and work the plan. So once that stumbling block is identified, people need an action plan to reach their goal. And I want to create some general ideas about action plans. You know there are things that you need to do in order to get where you're going. So Bob is going to talk about those things, how you create an action plan for where you want to be. On episode number four, which is going to air on January 22nd, we're going to be talking about dealing with setbacks. So you know that I think it's it's a really high number. If you look at all the people who set like weight loss as their goal for New Year's, um, by February 1st, 80% of those people are done. They're off. They're out of it. They're not doing it anymore. So no one ever gets from point A to point B without an obstacle. I think we're in good shape. If right from the get-go you say, this is not going to be easy. I am going to, I'm going to hit snags along the way. I'm going to hit a wall and I'm going to have a plan for when I do that. So when things don't go as planned, what are you going to do? Roadblocks and obstacles, they're going to come up. So how do we take those roadblocks and obstacles and how do we turn them into opportunities to grow rather than an excuse to quit? Okay. And number five staying in it for the long game. So, you know that you've got to keep your eye on the prize, especially like, look, what if you wanna lose 100 pounds? It's not gonna happen in a month, right? It's not the weight loss. It's the change in the way you think. It's a lifestyle change. So that is not gonna be easy and you have to keep your eye on the prize. How do you stay in it for the long game? How do you actually change the way you think and live for the long term? How do we sustain that mindset after? after we reach the goal. So there has to be a plan for not falling into those old habits again, for making the change you're going to work on a permanent thing. So I am pretty, pretty excited about this. Um, I'm not going to talk about it now because there's just a part of me, like I have a couple goals. I'm going to share them. It's really not important what my own personal goals are. I mean, I I want to be healthier. I I want to be more active. I, I don't think mine are that much different than everybody else. So, I'm going to talk about that down the line, but I'm sharing all of this today because I really don't want you to miss these January uh shows. They are going to be setting the tone for our whole year. And I also want you to think between now and then about the ways you might want to transform in 2019. Maybe you're at your ideal weight. Maybe you're, you know, uh, running 3 miles a day and you you're, you know, and great cardiovascular shape, but maybe you've got clothes from high school in your closet that somehow emotionally you just can't part with. Everybody's got something. So how do you want to transform in 2019? It has been my personal experience in life that when I'm winning at things that I'm bad at, (laughs) that victory spreads over to other areas in my life. And you know, you've heard me on this show. You've heard me say when I'm interviewing girl campers, what did it feel like to you when you got behind the wheel of that car and you towed that trailer to that campground all by yourself and got it off the hitch? What kind of power did you get from that? And what did you use it for in other areas of your life? I just know when I've got a handle on food and eating, which is always my thing, you know, I I am so good at taking off 10 pounds. I am the queen of 10 pounds. I can do 10 pounds, okay? I can't do 20. I can't do 30. And I can't keep that 10 off. But when I do have a handle on my food, just miraculously, I also happen to have a handle on the laundry and the garden and the ironing and all the other things that build up around this house that I never get to. And that is not coincidental. So when you pick your big thing that you want to work on, I believe you're going to find that that spreads out to other areas of your life. So in addition to our transforming ideas and tips, we're going to be bringing you in 2019. Much more inspiration from the girl campers out there, the people who have made their dreams come true. Some of them are tent campers or car and van campers, they're travel trailer owners, but they all share this thing in common. They overcame some heavy obstacles to get where they wanted to go. And I love when they're on the show and they're telling their stories. And someone wrote to me the other day and said, Oh, Janine, I just love the interview with Vicki Hill so much. When you have girl campers on, it's my favorite show. And I get it's my favorite too. So we're gonna be doing more of that in 2019. And whatever you are trying to achieve, I hope the year ahead of us inspires you here. Of course, we're still gonna be talking about all things camping too, but we're gonna be weaving this into this because as women, I think it's really important that we we try to be the best we can be. I mean, why would you want to be anything less? I, I know in the world we live in now, the whole thing is that you're supposed to be an acceptance of everything. I'm not buying that. I don't want to accept that I need to lose 35 pounds. I don't want to accept that. It's slowing me down. Your health and your body is a gift, and I want to honor that gift and and get it under control. And I feel that way about many things that in the world we live in now. We're just all supposed to accept our shortcomings, but I don't think so. That's not how I think at all. I, I I want to get a handle on these things, and I'm going to die trying. So I want to close out the show. I don't want to close out the show or this year without thanking all of you for being such a great part of our community here. You are the reason I do what I do. You guys make me better. You don't even know it, but you hold me to a standard. And when I set something up and I want to do things, a large part of me not giving up on me is you. I feel that inspiration come back at me, and I, I, I'm i so grateful for the community that we have built here, and I really, really thank you all from the bottom, bottom, bottom of my heart. Um, I also want to thank our sponsors. You know, I thank them every uh, week at the end of the show, but I really want to tell you, they bring you this show. They bring you this show. <laughs> It takes me, I wish I could say I was better at this, but it takes me two to two and a half days to do the show each week, depending on what the topic is and everything and how much research goes into it. And our sponsors make it possible for me to be sitting up here in my office eight hours a day working on stuff like this. So I really, really want to thank you. And I want to thank them personally. Brad at Tom's Camperland, thank you so much for sponsoring the show. Brandon and John at Genera RV, thanks for putting your confidence in us. Tanya at Bangston Motorhomes, you always go the extra mile for us. Tanya is always texting me with an idea, a thought, something I can share with the girl. She's always working on all cylinders. And I thank you, Tanya. Lynn Butler at Setzer's World of Camping, always such a great cheerleader for us. And I can't wait till our first camp out of the year. That's going to be at Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia at the end of March. That's where we kick it off and start this season over. So Lynn Butler, thank you always for being on board with the show. I also want to give a big shout out to Campco Manufacturing. I'm always calling them up with ideas and they're always up for fun. Campco is fun. If you ever go and you look at their YouTube videos, they are fun people. There's fun people in Greensboro, North Carolina. They are so much fun. And so I thank you for not hanging up on me every time I call up and say, um, You guys, I was thinking, <laughs> thank you, Catherine and Noah at Camco and Liberty Outdoors. Thank you for another great year. Thank you for that great trailer I spent my whole summer in. And of course, thank you for the gift of giving that trailer to the Whole Jew you Foundation. Um, your generosity is going to make a huge difference to people who really, really need it. So thank you for that. Lastly, before I sign off for the show and for the year, I want to thank my producer, Stephanie Puglisi, for getting my show out there. Rain or shine, she is like the U.S. Mail. Stephanie is even better than the U.S. Mail. She's incredibly talented, professional, and patient with my tardiness to a fault. And I thank her from the bottom of my heart for all she does to get this show out there. Stephanie is a girl camper, too. And I think as the mother of three young boys with so much stuff on her plate, I think in the back of her mind somewhere, she's looking forward to the day she gets to join us <laughs> and Penny the pop-up. So that is a wrap, everyone. I hope you have a blessed and wonderful Christmas and New Year's, and let's go places and do things, all kinds of things, in 2019. Happy trails, everyone. I love you so much.